Welcome in, ladies and gents, to another episode of the Best Bets Show, presented by our fine sponsor at Bed Rivers. I'm Matthew Cox. The other guy is Jim Ruth. The other other guy is Kai McKeon. It's hump day. Conference tournament action is well underway. And folks, on the outline, I feel bad. I kind of gave him the old uh, the old blind eye, Kai, but I wanted to make your life easier. Uh, or Jim, whoever's going to be chat mob today, or chat mob czar today. Let's save all Kai with his hand raised as vo- a, a lovely volunteer. We'll do all those then the chat mob section, we had a little bit of an SEC to start us off, then some Big East, a couple of Big 12 games. Um, but hey, if you're looking at that conference tournaments, need to promote this phenomenal special that Bevers is putting on right now. 20% profit boost, folks. 20%. This ends tomorrow. So today and tomorrow, your last chance to log in. Bevers account, 20% profit boost on any NCAA bet you place. And also make sure you have this tagged coming up this weekend, starting on March 7th. 20% profit boost on every day of a conference tournament. And yes, we'll be hitting those in detail uh, throughout the week, but also next week as uh, they get into full swing. All right. House cleaning over. Kai, Jim, did we learn anything last night? Jim, going to you first. You are currently sitting in a beautiful executive suite in Circa Sportsbook, Las Vegas. How are you? I am, yeah. Live from Circa. I can look out. I can see the pool at Stadium Swim. It's calling my name in about an hour and a half, Matthew. Very excited about that. Last night, I learned that Wisconsin and Providence still got a little juice to them. And you know what? The yeah, most important do. thing about them, and Greg Waddell tweeted this, our producer tweeted it about Providence. They're just fun as hell to watch. Both teams yeah, they are. are involved in great games time after time. The Badgers won on two different bank shots in the final 20 seconds. That, that is absolutely ridiculous. But they won the Big Ten. Providence won the Big East. You got to tip your cap, Kai. That's, I, I just got to do it. Uh, Jared Bynum, uh, he has – completely changed his game from from his previous seasons he is an absolute star turning into guys uh, a guy who can be that point guard that famous guard who always leads his team in a tournament setting but jim i'm still kind of sticking to my guns i don't think Providence sitting past the first weekend um but they did play a game yesterday against villanova uh takeaways yesterday matt i don't have a whole lot but hey kansas went down to tcu love that the frogs are super locked into my tournament Jamie Dixon has done a great job there. Um, pretty good roster too. So congrats to TCU. Hey, great takeaways. I have nothing else to add. Let's get be a lot of action. Today. Let's get right into it here. Uh, going to SEC country to start us off. Kai, you're going to kick off the coverage. Arkansas mm-hmm. hosting LSU. Bud Walden, we've discussed at length how awesome Pick Suey has been at home, but they've been just good on the rope. They've just been awesome in general since that inflection point in their season they are laying five and a half to the LSU Tigers who are playing better. They are healthier currently. Um, tough handicap for me. I think this line feels pretty sharp uh, just given the way Arkansas is playing and the way LSU is trending. Do you have any edge here on the side and or total? My first reaction was the spread felt pretty big. Um, you know, Arkansas at home is, is no joke. They're 12 and two against the spread the last 14 games, and they should be 13 and one with, with Kentucky bank three kind of spoiling one of those um, <clears throat> LSU. Not as great on the road. Seven losses. Some of their nine losses have come on the road. Five and five against the spread there. Arkansas won game one, Matt, but there was no Pinson in that game. It was an ugly game, low scoring, 35 turnovers combined. LSU's offense is still awful, but with Pinson back in the fold uh, fully, he, he improves it so much. Scoring, ball handling, absolutely huge. Jim, LSU's defense have been foul machines in league play, which I, I was shocked by. I thought they were locking it down. They're really not. And they've been weak on the glass. Um, Arkansas, I think, could take advantage of that. It's just a bit too high for me to, to lay the points with Arkansas, even though I lean them at Bud Walton. 
yeah, before I saw number, I was like, okay, I don't trust LSU on the road, Arkansas at home, boom, let's hammer the Razorbacks. But I saw the number, I thought about it a little more, uh, LSU, or excuse me, Arkansas is coming off the big home Kentucky win. That's you know, the emotional court rush. Could be a, a slight letdown after that. And the number feels big. And Matt, we got the old road flip-flop here. Arkansas yes. won on the road. Kyle, you mentioned no Pinson in that one. I think that is vital getting him back. I mean, their offense without him is kind of a joke. Um, I'm leaning towards the under and the dog here. I have not bet either side, but that's, that's kind of what jumps out to me, Matthias. Yeah. I mean, just to simplify this handicap, um, I, do you guys think Arkansas and LSU are equals on a neutral in general, or do you think Arkansas is a slightly better team at this point? I think Arkansas is better. Okay. I think, so I think so too. I like, not too high. I don't know. right. And I think the, the Bud Walton home court is worthy of, uh, of a full t- traditional four, even five point, yeah. um, you know, value evaluation there I, i'm staying away again i think maybe you bought the hook to five you can talk me into arkansas if you want to oh man you know, i would Ar- love to buy the hook to five man and i love great. buying hooks and my followers on the uh, the mob i know there's a few in there who who devoutly believe that buying the hook is is a worthy uh endeavor at the right time kai kai and jim disagree again we will it's believe not it another basketball. it's not it is it is at the right numbers <laughs> it is uh it's hey not. next game jim sec country we're staying there stark vegas we're headed to mississippi state hosting auburn Speaking of teams with two different um, Jekyll and Hyde sort of personas, regardless of where they play, home, road, Mississippi State been much, much better on their home floor this year. Auburn the same way, but Auburn going to uh, Stark Vegas in this one. Short spread. Um, it's a situation we've seen Auburn a few times this season where they're a short road favorite. They have not been nearly as dominant in those spots. Um, again, yeah, desperate Mississippi State team with, I guess, maybe an outside shot and at large bit here if they get this win is that as reach reach big time hill mary reach i think they need it tonight so they've won one road game is is nearly an eliminator for them Uh, but they are 10 and 6 against spread at home you mentioned that they're a solid home team it's pretty solid and auburn's last five road games are three outright losses and non-covers at georgia and at mizzou they've been poor on the road part of me wants to say okay auburn off the loss they they've been hearing all this talk about how they stink on the road they're actually going to bring a, a top shelf performance, but I just don't like the spot with the, the road and home splits for both these teams. Kai, the SEC has been one of the few leagues where home has really, really been important. And Mississippi state's been one of those teams and Auburn same opposite on, on the road. So I am staying away here from this one. If I had to bet it gun to head, it would be the tigers, but that's about it. Yeah. Auburn's three and seven record against the spread on, on the road is concerning. And we know what they've done the last five games, lost three, Outright last three beat Mizzou, beat Georgia barely. It's it's not pretty on the road. However, Matt, I think this is where they turn it around. I think it's where they kind of snap out of their funk. They're way too talented, and frankly, they have a lot of advantages over Mississippi State. Miss State can't shoot. They're dead last in the SEC in three point percentage. They're dead last in three point attempt rate, and you cannot score against Auburn inside. You absolutely cannot do it. Um, So I lean towards Auburn here at minus four, whatever it's gotten up to currently. It's a great matchup point, folks. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of buying into the Mississippi state hype home spot in a, in a desperate situation. Although you guys mentioned it really is an outside shot that they can squeeze into the tournament mentally. I'm sure they're not thinking about that. Um, I kind of have the feeling that Iris and Molinar just goes completely ballistic in this game, especially if it sort of opens up into more of a up and down affair, little helter skelter. He's a guy that can just go for 40 um, if he starts feeling himself and certainly at home, uh, he'll be primed and ready to rock. One, one more um, point. There's yeah, been ahead, speculation Jim. on this year network that maybe Ben Holland will be out of a job after this year. So oh. either that increases the desperation or 
it gives them a little bit of dead man walking aspect. I mean, he's zero yeah. tournament wins in seven years there with talent. It's there's a chance that maybe he'll be packing his bags. Yeah, we'll see. I tend to think that's more lame duck than like win one for the Gipper, Jim. So, uh, but hey, again, no evidence or any, or no data to back it up. Just my own personal anecdotal take. All right, game number three, Big Ten country, Kai, headed to my alma mater, Bloomington Assembly Hall, um, where Indiana will be hosting Rutgers. Spread open minus four and a half to mid up to five. Part of me thinks it's a little bit cheap to bet a hype home Indiana team here, but Rutgers has been playing well, and I know that they've been much better at the rack, but they've been playing pretty well outside of um, outside of Jersey there. You have an angle on this game. Should be ugly, right? Kind of a battle of the uh, the bruising front courts. Yeah, and some motivation too. Indiana's still in bubble territory. Rutgers has a lot more work to do. Not sure if they can quite get there. Uh, we'll see. But they're right next to each other in the Big Ten standings. So there is Big Ten tournament seating implications here. Matt at home, Indiana, 12-5 and five against the spread. They're very good this season at home. Rutgers is still 4-8 and eight against the spread on the road. They have been playing better. I think Rob Fennessy coming back last game is huge. Um, yeah, came off the bench. Eight points in nine minutes, I think. I mean, he clearly matters for this team. I'm not sure if Galloway's wow, back. On. I, I want to archive that take from Kai there and just play it on repeat someday. That's I was awesome. going to say the same thing, Matt, so you're going to get a second sound bite there. Well, Matt, when your point guard is Xavier Johnson, Rob Tennessee yes. matters. <laughs> hey, um, I, two, oh, sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, Indiana's interior defense is too tough. They're an excellent shot-blocking team. They can control the paint and force Rutgers to be shooters, which they can shoot. It's just not really their game, though. I think it's Indiana's game at minus five. I think they win. Jim, I think they cover, too. I'm with you. Uh, Matt, do you know my best bet here? Pop no, quiz. I don't need to pay attention to your best bet, Jim. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not privy to that. Under, not. They, they, win, they win more than yours, so you should start listening. Mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. I'm taking, the under. I'm taking the under. Indiana Rutgers. Ah. Kai, you mentioned the inter- interior defense for Indiana. I think that's huge. Rutgers doesn't like shooting threes. Very low three-point attempt rate, like 318th in the country. Indiana's got that great rim defense. Uh, Xavier Johnson's been awesome the last two. We should at least acknowledge that. He's got 48 points combined. He's seven for nine from deep in the last two. I personally think that's fluke city, not some sort of page being turned. And I was going to probably be guarded by Caleb McConnell, who's just named a finalist for National Defensive Player of the Year. One of the few perimeter guys named there. I think he's going to swallow Johnson whole. I think that's bad. Uh, for for the total so under yeah i like the under lean towards iu with fantasy back as well but under 132 yeah i would like even more jim if gallo was playing for iu i think he's regarded as their best perimeter defender although big shot bob can certainly lock up as well he was had that de facto stopper role um in prior years so having him back i think is huge for indiana on both ends and he sort of acts as like an insurance policy to xavier johnson who we all agree like this two-game run isn't like the start of this of a consistent upward surge it's just the xavier johnson we've always known since he's you know been a freshman at pay he's going to play two good games he'll play two bad ones he's up and down left and right um obviously at home i think he's more likely to continue that streak tonight kai but don't believe in this indiana team because xavier johnson's all of a sudden becoming like an awesome point guard i think this is going to have to be the the turbulence that you ride if you're if you're back in indiana down the stretch you got to pick your spots i think selectively with the squad um next game here Headed out to Jim's neck of the woods, UNLV, the running Rebs hosting Wyoming. Uh, a team that was uber frustrating for the boys who backed them last game at San Diego State. Some questionable um, coaching schematic game plan from a guy, Jeff Linder, that we love, Jim. I know we were uh, banging our heads against the wall watching that. But, hey, the Rebs are hot. Um, it's certainly a team I don't want to fade. What are you looking at here? 
Yeah, Matt, Wyoming, shot quality had that game as a Wyoming seven-point win. Yep. I think that was indicative of my eye test watching it. But, yeah, Wyoming just kept going at Nathan Mensa over and over again, the best defensive player in that conference probably. We don't need to do that. Maybe take advantage of better matchups. That, that would be my proposal for Mr. Linder. Uh, yeah, I was a little surprised to see Wyoming as a dog here. Uh, I've been to uh, the last two UNLV home games against Colorado State, against Boise. They won one of them. They were feisty in the other, but then got uh, kind of a, a knockout punch late from Boise over this weekend. Kai, I, I'm still leaning towards Wyoming here. I think they can get some, some real matchup advantages. This is not a good post defense in UNLV. So I think both EK and Maldonado have beneficial matchups here. Uh, they're going to really struggle to guard Bryce Hamilton. 1v1 scores. We saw what Matt Bradley did to them, uh, to this Wyoming defense. Uh, so Hamilton will probably have 30, but I think Wyoming can outscore him here. Yeah, I'm a little surprised to see Wyoming's dog, frankly. Um, they're both coming off a loss here. Uh, Boise took down UNLV. San Diego State played incredible, beat Wyoming. Wyoming, I guess, hasn't been great in the last five games, just two and three straight up and against the number. And UNLV, seven and two against the spread of the last nine, certainly surging here. I think there's a tough matchup, Jim. You mentioned it. EK Maldonado should destroy them in the paint. I, I think it's a very, very big mismatch for them. Hamilton could do Hamilton things, Matt, but I think the matchup heavily favors the Pokes here. I think I agree with that. The price is right. I and mean, I've had UNLV rated pretty highly for most of the season. So I'm, I'm probably. Um, it seems like I've missed a lot of this hot run. I just sort of ignored my number because I didn't trust this team. And sure, and when you know it, they all of a sudden are right seven and two their last nine games against the spread. I believe uh, someone was mentioning on field of after field of sixty eight after dark show that Lon Kruger has been around the program um, quite a bit recently. So there's some probably puppeteering behind the strings from one of the great uh, game plan divisors for my money uh, back to his Oklahoma days, and obviously UNLV and many other places uh, before that. Uh, concludes the outline part one. It's time for mob inquiries, Mr. McKeon. Let's kick it off. Let's kick it off with a couple conference USA questions, guys. Middle mm. Tennessee has been a topic of conversation in the chat, and they're a short favorite on the road at Charlotte minus two. Jim, what do you think? Man, it's it's close to auto bet middle middle Tennessee, isn't it? Right? They're like 21 and five against the spread. It doesn't feel fun going against them. I'm close to making him a best bet, but especially, especially with Musa Jallo still out for Charlotte, I think he actually matters a little bit for them on the defensive end, but I'm not quite going to gonna get there. But man, Middle Tennessee is fun to bet on. That's for sure. Yep, they are. Matthew, Western Kentucky, same spread. This time they're at Marshall, though. Minus two in favor of the Hilltoppers. What do you think? Yeah, I certainly lean Western Kentucky. I was on them last game and um, terrible injury revelation right before tip off uh, without Jerry's Hamilton and Luke Frampton. I apologize. I don't have the updates on their status. Cannot bet this team without knowing those dudes. It's not a very deep team, 348th in bench minutes per Kempom. So any player who is out, especially for a top heavy talent team uh, certainly means something. So stay away until you have info on those dudes. All right. Next one is Fondell, Miami, Boston college, Jim, any lean in this game? Yeah, I lean towards Miami. They've got a little more to play for. Boston College, I like as like a bigger underdog, and it's only four points here. That's probably an accurate spread, to be honest, so I'm not betting it. But I think just Miami's bubble situation, and uh, they're still a little better than this Boston College team. So I don't have a, a great detailed analysis, but I lean Miami. Matt, we got a twofer from Harry. I will give you Davidson. Uh, they are playing today against George Mason, and they are a seven-point favorite. Yeah. I think it's about right. No strong play for me in general, just these late games right before conference tournament action starts, especially with teams that 
you, know, you can argue, are they motivated? Are they resting, recovering? I mean, Davidson without Foster Lawyer, it just doesn't matter. Uh, I think that'll catch up to him at some point. I wonder if this is the game where it, when it does. I don't know, Jim, what do you think? That's chat. You don't need my opinion. Okay, fine. Kai, back to you. Jim, you get Wake Forest minus 10 against NC State. I, this one plays in my head very similar to Virginia Tech and Louisville last night where, man, this seems high, but I think NC State's got a weird coaching situation, maybe some quit factor to them. They've been really bad in the ACC, and Wake Forest has bubble implications to play for, and blowing teams out is very beneficial to them, just like it was for Virginia Tech. So I would lean towards the Deeks. All right, we have another question here from Andrew. He asks about Fordham and UMass. Matt, I know you love betting on UMass. Are you going to take him against Fordham here at home, minus four UMass, after they announced they were firing Matt McCall? Yeah, and these two teams just played. Uh, Fordham ran away in the second half. Uh, that game in the Bronx. Now they go to Amherst. I believe that game closed minus two. So now it's UMass minus four. I don't know. Don't bet UMass. Like all that BS nonsense. Just don't bet UMass. I'm not saying bet Fordham. Just don't bet UMass. Yeah, I have an inkling to maybe hit the under. It's like three points higher than it was two days ago, the total, uh, after that game went over. But UMass, 142. Is, yeah. UMass is not a fun uh, under team because they don't play defense. Hampton, high point. This is a very popular question that you had here. Jim, opinion on this one, a big South matchup, conference tournament. Yeah, High Point's been not as good away from home. That's really been like their calling card. They're almost like an SEC team in that regard where they're just their, their best performances are all at home. But I don't really trust Hampton either, Kai. I think if I had to bet it, it would be the Pirates. I'd take the points in a conference tournament game here, but I'm not like jazzed about that idea. Wait, this game is at Bojangles Coliseum, baby. Let's make sure we uh, underscore that just because I love the name Bojangles Coliseum. Yep, um, the whole, whole tournament's there. Yep. Uh, hey, going to the OVC for a little tournament action. Speaking of tournament action, SIU Edwardsville, Matthew, is plus four against Tennessee State on a neutral. I think you wrote the OVC preview for Action Network, so this is right in your wheelhouse, man. I did. I'm on Tennessee State, but I got in at three because I'm super sharp as my, uh, what, 40% best bet record indicates but now it's up to minus four. I think a first half wager on the uh, Nashville based Tigers is a pretty good line here. They're playing a lot better. I think they covered every single game in February, except the two against Belmont. So against the have nots of this league, I think Tennessee state's pretty bad. You know, something you didn't mention Matt. Rayshon Taylor still gone from SIU Edwardsville. Yeah. At, he's been out for like a month now. I think, I think that's, crazy. The, biggest, like, I think that's yeah. the biggest angle here. They, they just aren't a good team without him. Uh, Jim, Stephen F. Austin plus six at New Mexico state. Can we get our Aggies to win the whack for us, please? That'd be great. Yeah, I would love it. I mean, hey, we're both, uh, I, I think we both have maybe a small taste on SFA as well, but it, the, the key threat is Seattle. They've got four losses. They're only playing Chicago State, so mm-hmm. they're going to have four losses. We need New Mexico State to get home here. Johnny McCants missed last game because he woke up violently ill. Uh, I'm hoping that four days has been enough Jesus. for him to uh, be able to get out of bed and play basketball, but keep an eye on the lineup there because they, they need him back. Mario McKinney's also suspended for unclear reasons, uh, but McCants is the big one. All right, last one before we go back to the mob here. Campbell and Presbyterian, Matthew, we're going back to Bojangles. Specific question about the under. Do you have any lean on that? You, you can give me a spread lean as well. Spread is five currently in favor of the Camels. Nope, I'm actually on the over. I uh, got bet up from 122 to 125. I've had both teams tagged as over teams the last like few weeks. I know anecdotally it's they are slow, grinded out affairs. I think the first game played super low possessions. But it's a low, low total, and I think there's more of an efficiency uh, upside of this over. I wouldn't bet it at 125, though. I also did bet Campbell on the side, Mr. McKeon. It's a lot Sounds of action good. at Bojangles for Matthew. Hey, 
Big South is a nice uh, conference to bet on here. In, in, it's it's a good. I think it's a good under tournament. So good. I, that, that spooked me off taking the over Matt because my, okay. my numbers indicated the same. All right, uh, back to the host here. We got Connecticut and Creighton on deck. Set us up. Let's do it, Jim. Big East action. I'm going to you for this one. Um, I mean, the obvious thing to talk about here with Creighton is what they are without Ryan Nemhart, the heart and soul of that backcourt. I got some uh, data for, for you there, Matthew. Good. So let's right now hit it. All right. Well, per raw numbers, per hoop lens, they're plus seven per 100 with him on the court. They are negative 12 per 100 without him. Per uh, hoop explorer, the adjusted for competition numbers, plus 13 with him, minus one without him. They are not a good team without Ryan Nemhard. They don't have a point guard. I think that really shows up against the UConn defense. It's physical, forces you to take tough shots. However, Kai, laying four, four and a half on the road with Danny Hurley and the potential that he gets another Mm. technical and all that kind of jazz with them makes me nervous. And Creighton has a terrific rim defense and and UConn loves to score in the paint. So I'm leaning towards UConn, but just a little bit spooked by them as a road favorite. Uh, They're kind of rolling right now, but not against the spread. Five straight wins, six and one last seven straight up. Two and five against the spread in that span. So Connecticut's not covering games here which went against my perception. I thought they were rolling on all, on all cylinders. I cannot back Creighton without Ryan Nimhard, Matthew. It is so vital to this team to have him running point. Disaster against Providence. The on-off numbers are crazy with him uh, per hoop explorer. He could be worth like 10 points to the line, Matt. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and Creighton also beat UConn on the road earlier this season. It sets up very well for UConn in this spot here. Can't count on the Huskies going 32% inside the arc and 23% again from three. Um, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. So I lean towards UConn here. I do too. That's what my gut says. And you're getting an extra point of value now going against the early market steam. Uh, but yes, as some folks in the chat are pointing out, the Sharps, quote unquote, are apparently on Creighton here. I I think UConn's a pretty good bet. I, it's no bargain at minus four on the road against a, a team that has historically a very, very strong home court in this conference. Um, but yeah, that's the right side, in my opinion. Uh, but no bet for me, just to be clear. It's nothing official. We're staying in the Big East for this next one, going back to the Northeast Corridor. Um, Kai, St. John's hosting Xavier. Johnny's been a lot better as of late. Xavier, um, obviously that many tailspin. They're sort of up against it now at this point in the season. I don't really have a ton of matchup angles here. Uh, Nate Johnson, I believe, is a game-time decision tonight, so he could be back for the X-Men, a team that's uh, a team that lacks depth, I think we'd all agree with. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? He's... Say? He's incredibly important, Nate Johnson. They're 0 and 4 without him in the lineup. Um, I think he will return tonight. At least I, I hope he does for Xavier's sake. He practiced safe. yesterday. It sounds like yeah. he's going to play. Xavier's 4 and 13 against the spread in conference play. That's staggering. Uh, they're, they're so poor right now. And it's a Travis Steele thing he's done the last three years. They lost four straight outright without Johnson. They're 1 and 6 in their last seven. They're falling close to that bubble. But, Jim, if they win tonight, it's a Q1 win at St. John's, and they have Georgetown at home to finish it up. and gets a 9-10 and 10 in the Big East here. The Johnnies beat Xavier in Cincy by 13 in the first game, and there was no Nate Johnson in that game as well. Xavier was 20% from three. I think Xavier comes out to play here, especially if Johnson's in the lineup. I probably wouldn't touch them without him. They have plenty of ball handling to combat uh, the Johnnies' pressure. Uh, so I, I lean towards Xavier if Johnson's in there. Yeah, I do too. I think he's like that important for them. It kind of gives them the added boost offensively, more spacing. The shooting just hasn't been great without him. The, St. John's also has the weird dynamic going on with Posh Alexander, where they've been benching him and bringing like not playing him big minutes. This guy was supposed to be like mm-hmm. maybe an All American candidate coming in as a sophomore, Big East Defensive Player of the Year last season. 
I don't really understand what's going on there. So Kai, if I had to bet it, it'd be Creighton or excuse me, it'd be Xavier uh, getting the, re- the road revenge, but neither one of these teams are, are high on my trust rankings right now. Um, so with Johnson, maybe it's X, but no thanks. Yeah, Jim, it's funny that he only played 25 minutes, Xavier, on February 16th. He played over 30 the last two, but, I mean, both were losses, games they probably should have won at home against Creighton and uh, on the road against DePaul, although DePaul was uh, much healthier than we've seen them recently, so I guess we probably can give them a, a slight pass for that. Um, nothing else here for me. Speaking of DePaul, Kai, our Ooh, demons, nice. Chicago's Big East team, they've won two in a row. Look out, the demons are 5-13 and 13 in the Big East. Uh, about to lap Georgetown at this pace, um, you know, pretty sad, but just sorry, Georgetown fans. That's where your basketball program is at this point. Got David Jones back last game. Javon Freeman Liberty uh, has been a nuclear fireball. I believe he's played in five straight now. So this looks like the DePaul team that we were sort of excited about in the non-conference. They were feisty for a good chunk of conference play, even without key players. Um, I like this team. It's a short spread though, against a Marquette team. That's good and not making a very far travel from Milwaukee. Oh, she kicked in the Kai, you're you. up. Chat mobs, any thoughts? Listen, listen better, Matthew. I mean, Kai, uh, not Matthew. You're fine. You're fine. Hey, I'm going to give a hat tip real quick to DePaul for staying competitive all season. Um, tip, hat tip to Paul. Seven and two against the spread last nine. They're dangerous. They're kind of a dangerous they team. They play here. hard. Mar- they play hard. Marquette's in a bit of a low, a lull here. Uh, they haven't covered in five straight games. Marquette won this first game by 11 in Milwaukee. No on Ginda in that game for DePaul. Marquette just couldn't be stopped. They scored at will. I think DePaul can win this game, Jim. I think plus two is kind of a bargain here for the Demons. They're tough. They're very athletic, and they can destroy Marquette on the glass, stand up to their more athletic wings um, where most teams cannot. So I like DePaul here plus two. Yeah, I'd love three, but I'm with you uh, in a DePaul lean. Like this is last game was the first one in a little while that they had both David Jones and Freeman Liberty full go. And they won at St. John's. Like, that's what they can do when they have those two best players out there. The transition attack is lethal when those guys are linking up. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on, on DePaul. Marquette, again, I like them much better as a dog, but their value got inflated. That's why they haven't covered five in a row. That's, that's a little bit of a concern for them. Leaning towards the Blue Demons, as, as crazy as that sounds. Shouts to uh, who much? Oh, yeah, Ryan and in the chat. You're an A, our guy, who we were, like, real excited about, I think, coming into the season. Uh, last two games, 11 points, 10 points, five steals, and then four blocks last game. Um, yeah. Pretty monstrous stat line there on both ends. I anyway, He's just kind of the microcosm of what that team um, looks like. They passed the get-off-the-bus test, as we like to say, just a freakishly long and athletic team. All right, last game here on the outline, Big 12 showdown. Jim, going to you for this one. Iowa State hosting Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State season. Uh, winding down here as their ineligibility um, is the clock is ticking there. Iowa State got or opened at minus three. It's been bet up to minus four. So a short home favorite at uh, Hilton Coliseum. Any thoughts? I would consider minus four. I, I think I, I was thinking about this as a best bet, honestly, but I saw four and a half pre-show and I wasn't willing to lay that. Uh, there, there's a very like, clear split for Iowa State this year. When they play teams that turn it over, they're really good. They're 13 and three straight up. When the play teams that take care of the ball, they're seven and six. The, the divide is at like 19% turnover rate. Uh, and Oklahoma State is a team that turns it over. They're up at 21%. They turned it over, I think, 16 times in the first meeting. Now they have to go to Hilton Coliseum. Uh, I'm a little afraid of the road flip-flop angle, but uh, I, I just think the fact that uh, Oklahoma State turns the ball over, that gives Iowa State's offense actual transition opportunities, and they need that to score because in the half court, they're not very good. 
And Kai, Isaiah Brockington, he's been a superhero lately, averaging mm-hmm. 24 and six yeah. over his last five games on 56% shooting. He's been unbelievable, like all American good. I'm going to, I would ride that wow. wave with Hilton Coliseum at 24 and six for an NCAA tournament. Like that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with, with the matchup edge and Hilton Coliseum and Brockington playing that well, I, I am a cyclone boy here. Yeah, uh, Iowa State's locked in the tournament. They're tied with Kansas for the second most Q1 wins in the country right now. Kind of kind of wild for the clones here. Matt, Oklahoma State, I don't really know what to do. They, they feel like they're floating, but they've been really competitive despite not winning. Three straight games have gone to overtime. Yeah. They're one and two yep. in that span. In Big 12 play, six of their 10 losses are by five or less points. Two of them are in overtime. They've played six overtime games this year overall. It's kind of a crazy team. Uh, they, they're playing every game pretty much close. Um, as Jim mentioned, Iowa State did win that first matchup at Oklahoma State without Bryce Thompson for Oklahoma State. Um, it was one of Iowa State's best offensive performances of the year. They were scorching hot. I think under is a pretty good play in this one. You have two bad offenses versus two very good defenses. And game one went to 73 possessions with overtime. So it was still a pretty slow game. Um, I expect turnovers here. I expect ugliness. I kind of lean towards the Cowboys here on the number. I kind of lean Cowboys too, and I, I you're saying the under. Yeah, I think the last four would have gone under had that K-State game not gone to OT. So uh, some trends in your direction. Again, we're not always endorsing trends, but they are relevant context, I think, in this scenario. Uh, outline, done. Chat mob, round two. Mr. McKeon, let's go. No, not too much, which is nice here, guys, for us. Minnesota, Maryland, a Big Ten matchup. Jim will kick us off. Yeah, I, this is a weird spot for Maryland. I think they got really hyped at home with the 2002 team in the building last game. SVP there introducing Gary Williams and Steve Blake. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a little more of a dud midweek effort against the bottom feeder in the league. And Minnesota has no quit. I, I'm kind of against the market here. They bet it up a little bit. I, I would take the Gophers plus seven there. I would too. I like seven. Matthew, you get Chicago State, our whack team, Chicago State. Versus Cal Baptist, the Cougars coming off a win against New Mexico State, which makes no sense still. 13 and a half points. It's a lot. What do you think? Yeah, this feels like an auto fade for Chicago State. Just there's no way they get up to play this game. I'm oh. sorry. Like you just they, they had the video footage of them celebrating like it was their first ever win when they beat the Aggies. Um, I think they were also down uh Corey Russian last game. Russian, excuse me. Uh, pretty key starter for them. Not that players mean a ton for Chicago State. There's a bunch oh. of random guys that kind of mix and match. But I like Cal Bap at home here, a team that's healthier now. Got Reed Nodge back to the lineup a couple games ago, I believe. So, yeah, I would lean the Lancers. Uh, man, I, man, I don't know. Chicago State's been competitive. I'd probably lean towards them. Uh, Presbyterian Jim at Campbell. Might as well cover every single. Have we touched on this one? Yeah, yeah we did. We talked we touched on this yeah. one. I meant, I didn't mean Presbyterian. I meant Charleston Southern at Asheville, but we are holstering that one till the end. Tennessee Tech is who we're going to talk right now against Austin P. Jim, who do you like right. in this game? Uh, I don't have a big love in this one, Kai. I don't, I don't really like either team, to be honest. Uh, under is probably what I would go for. Uh, postseason game, high stakes. Austin P. is an under machine. I think if I had to bet it, that, that's where I would be on that game. Uh, and then Matthew, one just came in from Ryan A. Houston Baptist at New Orleans, one of the last Southland games of the year. Oh, I have no idea. I have zero idea. Uh, First glance is feels high, but I like New Orleans. So not betting against them done. End of, end of uh, take good take concluded. Uh, That's it for the chat mob. I think we should hit best bets 
I yeah, can start I'm gonna hockey hop past like. right back to you. Sorry, I should have mixed up the outline order. It's bad when I have uh, you chat mobbing and then kicking off best bets. But you're, hey, you're good. You got it, man. You're That's awesome. all right. I'm checking the updated spread here. Well, not ideal. I'm taking Notre Dame minus two and a half. That is my best bet today. Would have loved to, but I'll take the hook for the boys. Uh, they're in a groove. Notre Dame is right now looking for a high seed in the AC tournament, looking for a comfy bid to the dance. They just beat Georgia Tech by 34 points. I mean, my God, that was a beatdown statement. They're also 13 and four against the spread their last 17 games. They're kind of a covering machine right now, knock on wood. And Florida State is still mortally wounded. Caleb Mills is almost definitely out for this game. Anthony Polite has been said to have an outside shot at playing today. If he does, I can't imagine he's full strength. And Notre Dame defense can stand up to the rim slash class attack. That Florida State employs. I like Notre Dame minus two and a half. Matthew. Love it. Uh, I'm going to conference tournament action for my two best bets today. Charleston Southern, Caillou teased in the chat. I'm taking Chuck South. They are catching 10 and a half against a UNC Asheville team that was you know, pretty damn good all year, but could be without Drew Pember today, former down transfer from Tennessee, who's been basically a cheat code in that conference. One defensive player of the year. I think he's had like 30 points in like two of the last five games. He's an absolute monster up front. And Charleston Southern's been a little bit better recently down the stretch. I think it's a great spot to back a team that severely underachieved, uh, catching a pretty gaudy spread there in the uh, opening round of the uh, conference tournament. Second bet for me, another large-ish dog, Sacred Heart, the Pios, fading Derek Kellogg and LIU, who's been, I mean, they've been on fire down the stretch. I just think it's a great time to fade them. First game of conference tournament, they played really close in both meetings throughout the regular season. Kind of a similar situation as that Youngstown State handicap yesterday, where you had two teams that played close regular season, weirdly high spread to start, just take the dog. So Sacred Heart and Charleston Southern. Jim. Uh, yeah, I mentioned one of them, Indiana Rutgers under 132, locking that one in. And then St. Louis minus two and a half on the road at Rhode Island. Rhode Island has lost nine of their last 11. I am not very encouraged by them. Big thing, Kai, it's going to be, or it might be, a close game. St. Louis, top 25 in the country in free throw percentage. Rhode Island does not make free throws. One of the worst free throw oh. shooting teams in the country. I think that's Blech. big. I think SLU can match their physicality. They've We've got a little more to play for too with the, you know, I, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament as not large, but uh, they want to make sure that they're at the five. I think they've got a slight outside shot at getting the four seed and getting the double buy in the A-10 tournament. So there's the motivation angle for them. I like the bills on the road minus two and a half. Love it. Those are uh, hopefully winners. Don't want to say locks because there are no such things in this business, but Hey, let's keep the old four no March cruising right along. We are back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Uh, we will remind you of that awesome Bet Rivers promo. Again, tomorrow's the last day to sign up, so please make sure to check that out. Until that time, good luck tonight. We'll see you.